Well, the uh, Chicago Public Schools distributed about 150,000 take-home test kits. Uh, the, the kits were returned on December 30th, and out of 150,000 tests, CPS wound up with about 10,000 valid results. That's about 7%. That's a bust-out. So let's start there with Paul Vallis, the former CEO of the Chicago Public Schools. Was this destined to fail from the get-go, Paul? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, there's no doubt that the, that the school district is inept, and, I, and for three reasons. One is uh, the, the CTU has been telegraphing since the summer that they're going to try to find some excuse to make more demands on the district than to go remote. So I, I remember during Delta they started with the re- refrain, you know what I mean? We need matrix so we can trigger a, a quicker closing of schools. Uh, secondly, clearly the district did not work the summer to prepare to open and to take the excuses that the CTU was going to find, that the teachers union was going to find to keep schools, to, uh, you know, close schools again. And so clearly whether it was testing or not having enough, uh, uh, you know, not having enough uh uh, 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 mitigation supports in the schools, whatever, they clearly um, only fed the uh, fire. And then the third thing is they they have always caved when when the CTU has threatened to strike. I'm three times last year, the CTU forced the district to, to continue to go remote. So the district lost a year of instruction, a catastrophic year, disastrous academic performance, Health and uh, health and and, and uh, mental health and uh, and welfare problems and of course a huge spike in violence committed against children and violence committed by children. So at the end of the day, let's see if the um, if, if Lightfoot is is going to basically start docking them pay and start saying for every day you don't show up, you're not going to get paid. So at the end of the day, they certainly has have given the CTU. Uh, you know, all the reasons they need to, uh, once again, uh, um, shut down the system. Paul Vallis, if the CTU is telegraphing their intentions, why did parents have to wait until late last night to know their kids weren't going to be in school today? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I watched the superintendent's comments last night. I mean, uh, you know, are you that much of a novice? You know, he... He thought, he claimed that we were negotiating in good faith and he felt that they would be reasonable and he was surprised that they basically appeared to be disingenuous. Come on, man. It's not like you didn't run a, a big school district with a tough union in San Antonio. I mean, based on the history, you know, a person's past performance is always a good indicator of their future performance and their future behavior. So I, I mean, I mean, what are you not communicating with City Hall? Lightfoot has been through this routine three times. I mean, how many times you think you'd learn the first time? You think you'd learn when they struck for what was it, fourteen or fifteen days? And but but you know, this is a union who who when they threaten, they get results. I mean, they they struck and they got the richest contract in history without adding a minute to the school day or or a, a day to the school year, and then they kept the system shut down all last year. Uh, by threatening to strike uh, to strike three times. Let me point out, John, and I want to give you this statistic because uh, this is a frightening statistic. First of all, the science does not support the closing of schools, and the experience of schools that have opened does not support the shutting down of schools, period. So they're in defiance of the science and experience. But in Chicago, during COVID, 145 kids have been murdered. 145 kids. Huge jump in the number of kids being murdered 18 years and younger Seven kids in the almost two years 
that we faced the pandemic have have uh, have died uh, uh, deaths have been directly linked to COVID. Now, I'm not saying that the loss of seven children is acceptable. I'm not saying that at all. But 145 kids have died. Incidentally, during that same time, ten times the number of children of young people have died from accidents as have died from COVID. Uh, three times the number of suicides as have died from COVID, and three times the number from natural causes. So my point is, you know, what's threatening kids? What's threatening kids is violence. What's threatening, I mean, really, if you think 10 times the number of accidents, have, uh, accidental deaths compared to COVID deaths, one would say, what are they investing to, uh, you know, to prevent that from happening? But there's another statistic, too. There's been a skyrocketing uh, uh, number of kids 17 years and younger committing murder, shootings, and carjackings. Not 8% of the murder arrests, 17-year-olds and younger. Uh, 9% of the shooting arrests, 17 and younger. Uh, 32% of the robberies, 17 and under. 49% of the carjackings, 17 and younger. I mean, yeah. the bottom line here is uh, do not think for a second that the shutting down of this massive system where 80% of the kids live at or below the poverty level has not been a factor in that huge increase in violence against children and, and a whole generation of criminals, uh, of, you know, young people who will, who will become a, a new generation of criminals who have been dispersed to the street to run with the street gangs during this, uh, these, uh, these extended periods of shutdown. That voice and expertise and opinion belongs to Paul Vallis, former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, also handled other big city districts. Why is it the new mayor of New York City just ordered his teachers' union to go back to work this week in person? Is there more wiggle room in that contract, do you anticipate, than Lightfoot has? Certainly Lightfoot ought to cut off the, the money at this point. Leave the schools open so the kids have some place to go if the parents need that. You know, staff it however you have to staff those uh, facilities. But just cut off the uh, the flow of cash to the uh, CTU at this point, and if they're going to go on strike, let the uh, chips fall where they may, and so it's going to be another lost semester anyway. John, you're absolutely right. You, you don't get paid. The remote, the remote learning is horrible, is absolutely horrible. But let me tell you something else. It's time to give families school choice. It's time to lift the cap on, cap on charter schools, lift the enrollment cap on charter schools, it's time to give, let the, uh, allocate money uh, to, to, to provide uh, tuition support for families that want to send their kids to parochial and private schools. It's time to break the monopoly, the stranglehold. You know, they all talk about racism, and the mayor uses the race card all the time. We hear it over and over and over again. Guess what? Guess what? This is a 85% minority district uh, and, and an 85% poverty district. When you shut down schools and kids are denied school choice, <laughs> There's nothing more institutionally racist than that. So where does you know the what? power lie to get that done? I had a listener that well, sent me a text message and said, "Could Pritzker uh, do that gubernatorially? Where, where would that power come from?" The mayor could create a school choice uh, program, an Indiana-style school choice program, directly through the city council. In fact, I posted, uh, I did an op-ed guest guest op-ed for John Cass that appeared last month that talked about exactly how that could be done, and I posted it on my public Facebook. Paul Vallis that and many times. So 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 the city right now, the city right now could 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 provide uh, could use some of the school districts' dollars, could use some of the TIF monies that they re that they give back to the school districts when school district when they declare TIF surpluses, 
and they could fund a full-blown school choice and give all parents, and especially these poor uh, parents from poor working families, uh, the tuition supports that they need. So you can break the monopoly, and if their school is is, is going to be shut down or not open, or if the school is substandard, they have real, yeah. real school choice. And they have leverage. Why they can't do that? Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I've changed my position on uh, school choice and vouchers uh, over the course of the years, just based on what I've seen. Um, when you were our CEO of the Chicago Public Schools. I know we've talked about this in the past. Give me a, a quick tutorial on uh, what your relationship was with the CTU in those days. Well, there was a different leadership there. And as you know, the American Federation of Labor, that was Albert Shanker. And he was one of the early proponents of charters. He was the longtime president. In fact, I met with him when we began to do our charter schools so in, uh, in, in Chicago. But I had a very close relationship with Tom Reese, the late Tom Reese and the teachers union leadership. We would meet literally monthly. We like to think that we strategically bargained throughout the year. But it was a different leadership there. At the end of the day, they concerned themselves with the kids. At the end of the day, they always put the kids, uh, the, the kids first. So they gave me the latitude to extend the school day, extend the school year, add additional instructional time, have a massive summer school and after school program, and kind of select you know, the teachers that we wanted to use in those programs, they were very, very flexible. And, and they would not have, they would never have considered shutting down the system for any reasons, for absolutely any reasons. And so it was just a different leadership team there, you know. And, and, uh, and but, uh, but look, Lightfoot, I mean, they've, they've already kicked around on a number of occasions. I mean, when are you going to get the message that these are not individuals that you can negotiate seriously with unless you're willing to back up your threats? And so far, she's cried wolf, what, three times or four times when you include the strike? So at the end of the day, and, and look, you, you asked the question earlier. Uh, Lightfoot, uh, you know, she could have easily done what Adams did. She could have easily done it. And, and last year when they threatened to strike three times, she could have actually, aber- you know, basically canceled the contract. She, she could have said that the contract is canceled. Uh, you violated the contract. If you remember, Lightfoot or um, Pritzker signed the bill expanding the powers of the teachers' union to strike for any reason, not just for reasons of financial compensation. So he actually gave them more power. Yeah. But, I mean, if I were mayor, I would simply basically say, finally, the contract's out the window. We're not going to respect the contract. Well, power's not power. Power's not power unless you use it. And it's one thing to act tough. It's another thing to get tough. And uh, to quote a former mayor, uh, never let a crisis go to waste. Maybe this is a time, don't let this crisis go to waste, Madam Mayor, and recalibrate our relationship with the CTU. Paul, uh, nice talking to you, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you so much for having me. I'll go read that op-ed piece at uh, your Facebook page or John Cass's website. Okay, thank you. Take care, Paul. Paul Vallis, former CEO of the Chicago Public Schools.